Hey everybody, welcome to the Advance Your Belly Dance podcast, a weekly podcast all about the business of belly dance. Everybody, Jana here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Advanced Your Belly Dance Podcast. I'm excited to have another interviewer here. We're going to talk with Nara, living in the UK, talking about courses and dance courses, and not just the actual belly dancing, but other shenanigans involved with belly dance. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself and what you want to talk about this week. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm originally from the USA. But I now live in the UK and I've kind of lived all over the world, teaching dance um, all over the world and here in the UK. So one of the other things and one of the reasons that this topic is something that I like to talk about is I've also been a science teacher, a secondary science teacher for over seven years now, teaching in a classroom as well as teaching dance. So I've got this kind of background of giving out information that's not traditional dance information, that's not just a dance teaching, but information around belly dance that you might do for, say, a lecture or for an online class and things like that. So that's one of the things I want to talk about. I'm also really excited to be a teacher in the Belly Dance Business Academy. So you can check out some of my classes there as well. But I'd love to get started on the topic. All right, awesome. So what are your top three tips for creating a dance course? My top three tips, if you're trying to do a course that's not just a normal following the syllabus belly dance course, but you want to teach a course that's related, like a teacher training, a choreography course, those kinds of things, is give yourself a lot of time. Because when you're dealing with that kind of information, it's actually a ridiculous amount of information. When you pick a topic and you're like, I'm going to go for this, you end up finding a ridiculous amount of information. So give yourself time to plan, write, produce, and kind of figure out all the technical bits. Um, number two is pick your format carefully, but keep in mind that you can use that information in multiple formats. So say you have a lecture that you put together on dance history, and you put together some handouts to go with that. Those handouts can then be turned into something else. You could then turn that into an online course. And so remember that you can always use information more than once, but pick your format and think about how your content, sorry, your content fits to that format. And then the last thing is try and make it as interactive as possible. Because as dance teachers, we're used to things being interactive because we're teaching dance, so people are dancing. But now when we take that and we put it in more of a lecture setting, we can often fall into the trap of just talking for a good two hours and not actually having anything interactive or exercises and handouts or things for people to actually do as opposed to just sitting and listening to us. So those would be my top three tips. Leave time, um, pick your format carefully, and plan for it to be very interactive. Now, do you have any favorite platforms for putting your courses online? It depends on what you want to do. I've used Teachable uh, before for courses, and I find I really do like Teachable. But there's some other platforms, because Teachable does obviously have a cost implication. Uh, like Elodemi is one that you can set up a free course quite well that is password protected. So there's a few good ones if you're doing online courses. Or if you want to keep it kind of simple and go with email courses, MailChimp is great because they'll let you have a free package for MailChimp and set up your course for your Mailchimp. So you might as well go with that one if that one works. You've got lots of options. 
Um, or just keep it simple and start the course as more of a lecture series locally so you don't have to worry about all the technical issues. So it's whether or not you want to go kind of big or small, start with the content or start online. Yeah? And what's the first thing you do when you think about creating a course? The first thing I do is kind of do a... I, I, I do a mind map, but I kind of... Um, I start researching the topic and also researching kind of my, my market. What would people like to hear about? Just because I'm interested in the topic doesn't mean anyone else is. Um, and so often I go, would anybody be interested in having a course on choreography? Or one of the ones I'm working on now is an anatomy course. And I've been asking around, is anybody interested in learning a course that's really focused on the anatomy of belly dance? Um, and I've actually gotten a lot of people say, yes, I really want an anatomy course. But you ask around and you see whether people are even interested in it because you are going to be asking them to kind of listen in a more of a school classroom like setting than you would have um, in a traditional dance course and for a lot of people that's not what they want you might find that it's not that popular if you pick something that's really really specific and you love it but no one else does so I would do that and then I'd research as much as you can what you could put into that course often I find it's better to have a lot of information and then narrow it down to what you really want to present than go the other direction and be like, oh, I think I need more in my course or I don't have enough. So make sure it's a topic that there's a lot of information about and that you can research and find that information. That's a really good point because oftentimes people think, oh, there's so many like topics out there about this thing that I want to do. What am I going to do differently? It's like, well, it's a good thing that means that there's demand. So don't be afraid to yep. do something that other people have done. Just put something that you wish that they also included. Exactly. And and often a really good topic is something that you're sitting here going, oh, I really wish that when I was learning to be a teacher, when I was doing my training or whatever it is, that there was a course on this because I've had to go and really research it and figure it out myself. And it'd be great if all of that information was accessible. And then all of a sudden that's a great idea for a course because people will want that. If you need it, there's a good chance someone else will. But it's good to ask. Ask all of your friends or teachers or all of these things and go, would you like a course like this? And often they'll go, yeah, actually, that would be really helpful. Um, and if they go, well, not really, because I get that from my other trainings or whatever it is, or or I'm not really interested in that, and you might find that they don't have time for something like this, then you, know, you have to think about what the audience is. So that is important because you're going to be spending, for me to put together a course, it usually send, I spend at least six months planning and writing it, if not longer. So that's six months where you could be working on another project. Um, and if it's not going to be something people want, then you shouldn't be really wasting your time, if that makes sense. So you need to kind of ask around and really see what's available and what's, what's out there topic-wise. Have you ever started the research on a project and realized that there wasn't as much of a demand as you thought there was? And then you've had to like go back to the drawing board or did you just go ahead and put it out anyway because you're like well I spent this much time <laughs> often I find that I'll go and start doing the research and I'll find actually that this is it's just something I'm not as interested in because usually before I pick a topic I I ask right so I've been looking into things like music history and it's something that I feel that actually I don't have a huge background on there's plenty of other people who have a much stronger background in it and I have a much stronger love for anatomy than music history and, and those kinds of things so so I've started looking into it, and then I went, yeah, no, I'm going to go into this other, I'm going to focus more on anatomy and focus more on choreography, because those are things that I have a passion for, but there is also a want. Um, to be honest, it is a lot of work to get that course out. Um, and so if, if people aren't interested, and if I'm not interested, it's not going to happen. 
So that's what I found that happens with these courses. But if you've got something that's ready, you might as well put it out. And one of the really awesome things about using some of these free online platforms, and there's always something that you can use that is a good free online platform, but you need to be careful because in general, um, in the belly dance community, people are not hugely tech savvy. So you need to make it pretty user-friendly. But if you've got something, it's usually free to put out and there's no cost once it's out there. You invest all this time in it to put it together, but if you've already made it, just stick it out for people. Worst comes to worst, no one buys it, but it doesn't cost you anything to do it. So you might as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And for those of you that are debating about doing um, such a course, but you're not sure about what to invest in it, um, as you mentioned before, MailChimp is a really good option. Now they do yeah. have free automation. It used to be a paid feature. Now yep. they have it for free. And that's a really good way to test out any email courses like I do with my Less Is More um, class. It's completely free and you just get automated tips every week. Or you can also do that as a video series yep. where people have to subscribe. So that's a good option if you want to test the waters and you're not sure. The big thing when you, you are doing a course and you're not sure what people are going to want from it, um, is that you, you start small with a free option. Um, the biggest mistake you can make is investing a huge amount in an online platform um, and then finding that there isn't a huge pull. And often with these courses, it'll take one or two times of running it and getting people, it'll take a while of advertising to get people to realize it's even there. And then you're going to want some testimonials of people saying it's a great course before you're going to get more people. So it will take a little bit of time to build up. But then once you've done it, you've got it, and all it takes is a bit of tweaking. It's now passive income. So it's it's going to take a while usually to get a bit of money from it, but it's a long-term goal, and you've got to just give it the time. So you want to not invest hugely at the beginning because that then inherently raises the risk. For sure. And you can also do like a testing phase, and yeah. um, you can ask for people to participate in exchange mm-hmm. for basically uh, free testimonials and also so you can tweak it later. So once yeah. you put out your course, you don't, that's not like the end all be all. That's one of the benefits <laughs> of having kind of talking about online versions as opposed to like, let's say if you want to have a DVD, once the DVD is printed and out there, like that's it. It's done. Yeah, yeah, it's done. But for online courses, you can always tweak it and update it. And that can actually be one of the incentives to sign up early on because mm-hmm. you can do it like, um, it's like a lifetime the access to any revisions in the future mm-hmm. so people don't have to keep rebuying it. So it has its pros and cons for sure. What's one of the things you wish that you knew the first time you were looking into making a dance course? One of the things would actually be that you really need to give yourself time to test the technology. And that's that beta testing kind of phase. Um, I'm very much into tech. I love technology. I do a lot of technology stuff. And and one of the things for me was realizing that the average person is going to really find it needs to be so obvious. And then you're going to also have um, customer service on top of that, helping them with the technology. So anytime you do, say, a beta test where you get your like three closest friends, and you're like, I'm going to run the course first with you and you tell me if it's working. So I did that with um, my Conquer Choreography course when that was my first email course out. Or the other half of it is you do a pretty inexpensive introductory offer, right? Like with a massive discount with the idea that it's an introductory offer and there may be some issues and you say, as this is the beginning of the course and things like that. So that's another way that you can kind of test the technology, but understand that things that you never thought would happen technology-wise are going to happen. Um, and things that you think are incredibly obvious, somehow people can't get to the website or can't get to 
to the login and you're like, but it's just there. And so you are going to have to play around with that and give yourself time for any technical issues if you are doing this, any online format. That's a good point because even with doing this podcast just today, <laughs> some technical difficulties as Exactly, always. yeah. So, yeah, that's um, a good thing. Uh, and, and technology is always changing as well. So uh, every single time you rerun the course, you double check that the tech is working. Um, I usually, one of my things is I have a separate email address for all my email courses. And I sign myself up to every run of the course on that separate email address so that I'm getting exactly what the students are. And I can see what I'm getting and make sure that it's working. So I'm checking it as they're getting it as well. Um, but keep in mind that what, as we said, MailChimp's changed. When I first started using it, they didn't have automation. Now they have automation. So there's things that change. You have to make sure that you're following it and things are working the way that you would like um, with the technology upgrades. Because you're using all these online platforms, but they will change. You have to make sure that just because it worked two years ago, it might not work now and so forth. So you've got to really test your technology. That's the one downside. Are there any other tips you want to add? Um one of my things for when you put the content together is I like to do mind maps. I kind of, at the beginning, I do a massive research stage. And this is one of the things I want to talk about. I go and I, I get every book I can on the topic and I go through all of my resources and I kind of put a, a big mind map together of all the information. And then I narrow it down to the things I think that are really important um, because the, the biggest issue when you put a course together like this is often you just, it's just too much. Um, you, I mean, it's one of these things like you could go on forever talking about a lot of these topics, but people want a, a concise and they want a planned kind of syllabus for your course. So you really need to sit there and go, I guess I could talk about that, but do I need to talk about that? Do I want to talk about that? And so I do a full mind map of every course, which is then adjusted as I'm putting the content together. And I really think mapping your course and thinking from the perspective of a student going through the course, what was, what's best to hear first, what's best to hear last kind of thing, and then keeping it interesting. These are the kinds of ideas that if you are putting these courses together, give yourself time to plan and adjust and really think about kind of your syllabus for the course. So it's, it's a bit different than obviously with um, dance, because dance obviously needs to know first step before you can teach the second step kind of thing. With this, you have to decide where you want your content to come in What's the order that makes most sense to you, but might not make as much sense to your students? So that does take time and give yourself time for that. Wonderful. And is there any work you're doing right now that you want to share? How can people find you? Well, my website is tigercloddance.com. Um, and you can find me there. And that's got my online stuff as well as my local classes that I teach. But also I have... Um, two big courses on the Belly Dance Business Academy at the moment. One is Understanding Choreography, and the other one is working with pre- and postnatal women in a general class, because I'm also a certified prenatal yoga teacher, so I work a lot with pregnant women as well. And so I've got both of those courses on the Belly Dance Business Academy, as well as some free courses to go along with that. Um, and I also have an online um, Conquer Choreography course that I'm running right now. And the other big thing that I'm doing that's exciting is I'm doing the Grow Your Dance Teaching Interview Series, which is Kind of similar to this, I'm going to be interviewing a number of really master teachers about how you can take your teaching to the next level. So it's really focused on classroom teaching, teaching belly dance, and and what's good to know, some of the business, but also really focused on things like lesson plans and um, 
CPD and all of that kind of stuff. So there's lots of different people that I'm interviewing for that. So it's quite exciting as well. And that'll be coming out for free on YouTube. So there's lots of different things um, that I'm doing. Uh, and so hopefully you can find me on Facebook or on my website. Wonderful. And I'm so excited so many people are doing these like interview series and things about more than just like choreography and dance. Like, I don't know, when I first started, there wasn't any of this around. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing. I know. And that that's part of my, my thing is I feel like, especially if you go back 10 years, there was not a lot of support for dance teachers. Um, there was a lot of things out there to learn dance, to learn belly dance. But once you got to that teacher level, it was like, what do we do next? Right? How do I, how do I become a better teacher? And it was, ah, what do I do? And so I'm so glad that things are starting to come out now. That, and with the Belly Dance Business Academy as well, what can I do next, right, to be uh, a better teacher, to run my business better, all of these things. And, and, and I think a lot of it is about community and things like this, connecting with other dancers and saying, this is what works for me, um, so we can get that information out there. For sure. Thank you so much for being part of this week's episode. Thank you so much. We'll hope to have you back again. And I will make sure to include your website into the show notes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening, guys. And until next week.